Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another outstanding edition of Ghost Chronicles International. Were you just yawning? Yeah. Oh, okay. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper of the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsing. And with me is my poor, tired co-host, the gold standard in ghost hunting. What the hell kind of a ghost hunter are you if you're tired at uh, 6 o'clock at night? Well, because it's not 6 o'clock at night, is it? Sure it is. In the mm. real world. Well, in this real world, in this, in this other reality, Steve Parson. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a little bit later. It's at eleven, right? It is just after yeah. eleven. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. So there we are. Just, yeah. just you know. So now you know. Well, so you guys are finally down from lockdown. No, 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 no. Still a long, no. long, long way to go. We um. They open the shops on this coming Monday. Oh, very good. Um, so that's the, that's the next step for us. And uh, we can travel a little bit further. Mm-hmm. But we can still only meet in groups of six oh. outdoors. Uh, yeah, that, that'll put a kink in some of the uh, ghost events. It doesn't seem to be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Figure that one out, huh? <laughs> Yeah, they find a few of them. The walrus has disappeared. The what? Oh, the walrus, right? You're, you're yeah, yay. We, we went to see him and um, over the bank holiday because we just had a bank holiday, holiday weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, for what Easter? Oh, okay, cool. And he's gone. Uh, maybe he went for Easter eggs. I don't know. He's swam off. So maybe headed home, probably find him under a bus. Yeah, maybe get, going to get a shot for the maybe. virus. Yeah. Well, yeah. Are walruses but, in that group now? Are they, are they uh, no, but we're, we're down to uh, the over 40s now. We've done seven of the nine priority groups. Yeah. Have you got yours? And, oh, yeah, I've been done. Um, we, we've got... Today, the news is full of uh, the AstraZeneca virus, uh, vaccine um, because in very, very, very uh, rare cases, I think 19 out of 18 million, it, yeah. it might cause blood clots. So. Those are the ones you hear about, of course. <laughs> no. <laughs> Those are the... So That's just what they always talk about, right? They don't talk about all the ones. There's no problems. They always oh, talk about no. oh, yeah, the 19 well, that were problems. Well, the thing is, it was quite funny because the, the BBC News before were going, uh, they, they lead off with a AstraZeneca va- uh, vaccine you know, causes blood clots headline. Oh, lovely. And then, and then they say, 
this is a, a story where the headline is scarier than the detail. Well, give oh. us the bloody detail. Give us oh, the headline properly. Then. The headline. No kidding. That's that's. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> I don't know. But the but the difference. I mean, it's the same in Europe, obviously. Um, yeah. But the difference is in most of the European countries, people are like, "Oh, I don't trust that AstraZeneca. I don't don't um, I don't want that one." Yeah, that's um, not a states, by the way. But. Uh, um, they were interviewing a load of the the most at risk. Now, they'd already explained that the risk is so infinitesimally small uh, mm-hmm. that it, you know, if you take the pill, or in fact, your risk of dying is actually higher driving to the vaccination centre. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, true. Now it is. <laughs> and they were saying to this group of, uh, you know, these twenty to forty year olds. Um, so, are you going to? Are you at all worried? Oh, no, no, not worried at the slightest. <laughs> and then they asked a group of Europeans to say, oh, I'm not, I'm not having it. Oh, I'm bloody scary. Oh, wow. Big, di- big difference between the two, between yeah, the nations. So there we are. I, I thought, uh, okay, I, we have a, a question from John. Uh, and he says it's not related to the show, but it, it is in a way. He says, when you uh, investigated in a haunted place, did yes. you carry any personal weapons like pepper spray, taser, uh, just in case of a crazy person attacked you? <laughs> you know what? There are some out there. Well, John, I live in the United Kingdom uh, where all such things are banned, except the only, so the only people that have weapons uh, guns, tasers, knives. Are criminals. Are the criminals. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, no, so we don't ta- carry anything. Tasers uh, are banned to banned. Well, a taser and a pepper spray are both considered in, in the UK as a firearm. Ah, okay. Fair enough. So, they, they come under our firearm restrictions and we're yeah. not allowed to have firearms. Oh, well. Um, we're not allowed to have much, actually. We're not allowed to carry a knife. Um, with a blade over two and a half inches in length, uh, unless the blade doesn't lock. So uh, a Leatherman or a Gerber pocket tool is illegal in the United Kingdom to carry mm-hmm. um, because the blade locks open yeah. for, for your safety. Okay, fair enough. Um, can't carry scissors the, either, I assume, huh? No, no, you could actually no, be running with scissors, you could be prosecuted. Well, you know, what, what's interesting is it's been pointed out many, many times um, because lots of people used to carry Leatherman tools, mm-hmm. pocket tools. Right. Um, and if, still do. I mean, if you have a legitimate reason, you know, work or whatever, I mean, you, you couldn't carry one into a supermarket. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you were a farmer or a, a fisherman or whatever, um but they said, never in the history of mankind has anybody been stabbed with a Leatherman. Yeah. But you can, you, so you can't carry one into a supermarket, so but just, you can go into for, a supermarket just and buy, for our listeners in the States, buy a kitchen we, knife. Explain what a, uh, a Leatherman is, please. One of these, you know, these pocket tools, multi... You uh, mean like a Swiss Army knife? Yeah, no, they're actually an American thing. You know, it's got like oh. a plier and... Two or three blades and thing for yeah, taking stones. Yeah, that's a Swiss Army knife in America. Yeah, yeah. Well, like them. Uh-huh. Um, so you can't take one of them into a supermarket, but you can go into the supermarket and buy an eight-inch kitchen knife, which is the most common method 
use the stab, the most common stabbing weapon. Right, there you go. There you go. So, have you carried any weapons at all, or you know, no, you um, can't because they're illegal, right? Okay, I get it. They're, they're currently. I mean, they've only. I mean, the last of the, the these laws have only really come into place in the last ten years since the. Well, handguns were banned first, um, yeah. and then knives because. You know, any any time anybody falls over and accidentally um, hurts themselves on on anything sharp, our government ban it. Of course they do. Um, so, so, so I guess I that uh, broadswords and are in uh, uh, crossbows are illegal too. <laughs> well, interestingly, for the nation that invented the cross, the longbow, mm-hmm. and was famous for its bowmen, yeah. um, we we can we can shoot longbows for sporting purposes um, under. You know, restricted conditions, um, but we can't hunt with them. But we can hunt with guns. Yeah, I was going to ask guns. you that because you know you always see like Downton Abbey, the ugly shooting party. So you must be able to have rifles, right? Uh, no. <clears throat> um, Everybody again... in, in Midsummer's Murder has a <laughs> rifle. <laughs> <clears throat> Handguns are completely illegal in the UK unless yeah. you're a criminal or a police officer. Uh, you can have a shotgun yep. uh, if you're a farmer or for recreation, and you can shoot a long gun, so a, a rifle, um, under very, very restricted circumstances. Oh. Um, so, yeah, it's very... Nobody has guns over here. So they don't but have you can like, collect them. parties anymore? I mean, uh, oh, like... yeah, the rich do, because the, yeah, the okay. law doesn't apply yeah. to the rich. They can okay, go out and shoot... Good. Yeah. You know, they can go out and shoot, um, you know, remove um, ducks and reindeer and poachers, poachers. And... <laughs> yeah. So, no, I mean, as we all know, the the, the laws don't apply to the um, rich and famous, the rich and famous. Yeah. Yeah. And politicians. So that's uh, Steve's answer. My answer is uh, I have Jim, so I don't need any lethal guns because Jim is a lethal weapon himself. So there you go. I can't see why anybody would want to carry it. I mean, I don't think I've ever been in a situation where we, I mean, we've been in some crazy situations where people, where we've, um, you know, we've been in a, in a location and there's been an intruder on site Mm-hmm. Or there has been trouble broken out, but the British, you know, no, I've never been, I've never been threatened. I, I'll tell you, my my the one I wish I had one was, uh, you know, people. I've always had. They always ask you, oh, you've ever been scared of going to the thing? I always say, never by the ghost. But in the one case that I was not comfortable, and that was, uh, I think it was my first book, the Ghost Chronicles. Uh, we went to investigate this house, Maureen and myself, in the daytime because uh, this guy was being tormented by a little girl that did all kinds of uh, damage to the house and uh, stuff. But uh, we went there and started investigating. These are big dudes. I mean, big dudes, all tatted and everything. It's like, and we found out. That, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't a little girl, according to Maureen, because you know she's a medium. For those who don't know. Um, but this guy had just been released from prison for murder. And, and uh, yeah, Maureen believed that this was the uh, the person that uh, he had murdered. It was tormented him. Uh, 
but uh, yeah, it was the and the, the funny part about it was like he took her aside. And he says, "I want you to come back with the but without him." <laughs> Meaning, me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was not a comfortable visit. Let's put no, it that way. no. If she'd gone back on her own, she'd her next her next gig would have been from uh, from inside the freezer in several yeah. <laughs> yeah, chopped up in several plastic bags. Yeah, so we yeah. just don't. I mean, we we just don't do. I mean. You know, I've we don't heard, have these sort of wacko serial killers over in the UK. I, I've, we... heard, well, I've heard, and, and, and I, I don't know this. I mean, I think I've read something about it, but, I, you know, I don't know the exact facts right now because I wasn't planning on talking to it. But I heard down south uh, a, a couple of times they, they do carry, like, when they go in the cemeteries and stuff, they do pack because there, there are people that uh, that actually will take advantage of ghost hunters, steal their equipment and stuff. So I don't know. I, that's, I, 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 I've, I've read. That's I've read the same thing. I've read yeah. the same thing. Okay. Um, I think a, there was a case in in I think it was California. Was it? Yeah. Um, where they got mugged. Yeah. Uh, because they were on a they, they'd advertised that they were on a public you know meet up at this cemetery for a big public event and we've got all this stuff and blah blah blah. And a, of, <laughs> yeah, and a group of people turned up and there was another group of people with sticks, knives, clubs and ready to um, help They've them. They've got all the equipment too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, welcome to the cemetery. Now hand over your valuables. Oh, well. No, well, we don't have any. I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting because we don't have, um, we have a lot of crime, uh, violent crime, but not... Yeah. It, it's 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 a different type of crime. Um, we, for example, we don't have obviously we don't have mass shootings because we don't have guns. Yeah. Um, Still have mass stabbings. We we don't actually. We oh, we, we have actually because they've made the news here. The people attacked on the London Bridge were stabbed. Uh, no, that was that was terrorist. That was terrorist related. Yeah, but still still. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, machetes and long yeah, knives. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but they are incredibly rare. Um, mm-hmm. But what we do have is a really, you know, we we have a better class of serial killer over here. Oh, that's good. That's, that's you know, good. I mean, like oh. we have we have one of, in fact, probably the world's leading serial killer, um, Harold Shipman. Now he was he was a respected family doctor, mm-hmm. um, and the Russians got a claim on on that title i think too so but we'll, we'll carry on go ahead they do but they keep re- they keep evaluating shipments um victims and keep yeah, pushing yeah. the numbers up he's, yeah. he's up into about three or four hundred now yeah and what he was doing basically was um overloading yeah, yeah he was doing it with, with uh you know shot of shot of something sleeping oh. yeah. and putting you know putting these old people to to uh, early bed so it was uh it was mercy killing well, he thought so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, okay. Uh, all right, so uh, we do. Ha- I do want to mention for a couple of things before I do forget. And the first thing is that I want to wish uh, our good friend, your friend, and my friend, uh, Mr. Stephen uh, Scott, uh, W.K. Scott. Happy birthday today, right? It is. It's birthday. And, uh, I sent him a message in Gaelic earlier today which ah. translated said my donkey likes your helicopter ah good good my mastery of the scottish language was not very bright okay. i uh i uh 
I took a line, I think. No, I didn't do it this year. I unfortunately, I've been busy all day. But uh, last Christmas, I mean, last birthday, I, I sent him a happy birthday, you prick. Uh, because it comes from uh, Still Standing, a show that was uh, filmed in Scotland, and, and he and I both enjoy. So uh, he, he well, got the Well, that's charming. Yeah, it's charming, you know. Absolutely charming. I'm sure yeah. he appreciated it. Yeah, I'm sure he did. He did, actually. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, um, speaking of Stephen Scott, uh, he is also doing uh, my workshop for uh, this month as well, the third Tuesday of this month. So you can go to Circles of Wisdom if you're interested. In, uh, I thought you did one last month. Yeah, I did. Uh, he did. He's got a two-parter. Uh, oh. Yeah. Unlike somebody who only squished well, one through. <clears throat> somebody we only asked once. So <laughs> anyway, uh, so uh, yeah, so that's that one, and and then I wanted to bring up a topic, and and later on the show, later on the show after the break, we're going to have a teller of curious tales. He has returned. Excuse me one minute. Yes, we. Yeah, so it's the bloody cat. Go away. Go on. <laughs> Bugger off. Go on. Oh, don't say that. You're going to break. Make me start crying, Steve. No, it's not intentional, but if you're jingling in the background, the cat is trying to destroy the room around me. <laughs> Typical. Uh, but anyway. It's that, it's that time of night, you know, where they, they sort of... Yeah, they go on the prowl at night for some reason, yeah. I don't know why. It's just yeah. annoying. I think, Liz, how can we annoy him? I'll sleep all day and then I'll just wreck yeah. the place at night. Oh, look, they're going to bed. That means it's time for me to trash the house. It, it is. I, when we go to bed, the stupid cat used to get up and was like, oh, okay, I'm going to have first going to eat, she, get my, she, build my strength I, up. I, I swear, I swear, <laughs> I swear, as we're talking, she's stalking me across the room. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, anyways, we do that and we do have a tell or a curious tale after the break. We, but at last. I, yes. Uh, he has risen from the dead. So there you go. Uh, but I, I have a subject I wanted to bring up, and, um, you know, I, I've done a few investigations over the years, uh, and I've noticed a lot of times that I've run into some cases, uh, quite a few cases, actually, and and where items have been moved. And I, I don't mean just, like, little moved. I mean, for instance, uh, I'll give you a couple of uh, for instances, one is that when the restaurant, uh, when it was first open, they used to have a row of chairs, a long table at, at the top of the floor, and they would come in in the morning after they locked up, so no one was there, and they would find the chairs all turned around, like looking out the window, like they were watching a parade. And, and another thing that would happen is like they would set the, the place settings, and then when they come in, they would find the, the cross and the uh, the uh, fork and the knife crossed on, on the place settings and stuff like that. And, uh, and you're not just one or two, but the, the whole table worth would be we'd done. And there were other restaurants, too, where, where they would find chairs that would be stacked on top of each other. They would come in and and this type of thing. I mean, so, I mean, to me, that I find it intriguing. I mean, we hear about PK and we hear about, uh, you know, poltergeist. You know, uh, so... I mean, what's your, what's your thoughts on this? I mean, on that type of phenomena, cats. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> nice guy. <laughs> I would believe that. I would if they had cats, but I, these places that, uh, did not have. Cats. You know, the world the the world would be a, a very dangerous place if cats had developed yes, an opposable thumb. <laughs> <laughs> and they are. Um, they are actually. Uh, re- they're 
move object spontaneous object movement um, is is quite commonly reported. Yeah, um, but often the, those reports are unverified because they tend to be relatively small scale. Um, people will say, "Oh, you know, the door was opened," or yeah, I, I understand was in a different place. Yeah. So, so you don't have, you know. Uh, and there's a there's a an account from an investigation that I recall that I've used you know probably said before, which is we had a member of our team who swore uh, on everything that was holy that the keys yeah. uh, his car keys had been had been moved, um, because he he distinctly remembered putting them somewhere and they they were in a completely different place when he re-entered the room. Now because we were in the middle of an investigation when it happened, um, we were able to check the one of our cameras, um, one of our locked off cameras, and lo and behold, he'd actually put them there, right? you know, done it himself. And then yeah. his mind had completely erased that fact. And yeah, we, we've done that before. It's yeah, an hour it happens to life. everybody. It happens to everybody. But one of these phenomenal but, cases that, that it's, it's more than just... That a... sort of, you know, that sort of gross movement mm-hmm. uh, or large-scale uh, spontaneous object movement is incredibly rare. Um, but not not here, Steve. That's the thing that's intriguing me because I've read well, it quite a bit, and not like asking for it or anything. It it just comes up in conversation. And well, that's I, it. I, well, I was going to say I was going to continue to say it's incredibly rare when you have verified, and there are one or two instances where it, where you do have multiple witnesses and and or uh, footage showing you know a before and after or a movement yeah. or. Um, but you do have a lot of people who who will who, who will describe these these large scale movements, and they do happen. Um, you know, they there there have been one or two captured mm-hmm. with a camera. Right. Um, See, but isn't it interesting ahead. to today? Um, I don't know if you've seen it on your news yet, but isn't it interesting today? Because we talk about all oh, these things defy the laws of physics, the four laws right. of you know, for yeah, the yeah. known laws of physics, and you know they're immutable and they can't be rewritten. And only today, scientists, British scientists, with American scientists, are on the precipice of discovering a new physical law force, really? a fifth force. What is it? Um, well, they don't know yet. Um, oh, cool. But you know we have ghosts. Um, That's what of course, it is. it's ghosts. We have <laughs> you know, we have a, we have four forces, don't we? The four forces of nature. We have electromagnetism, gravity, and the weak and strong nuclear forces, mm-hmm. um, which are the four fundamental building forces of the universe. Um, but there's always been some problems within the realms of physics, um, and now. Um, Scientists just outside of Chicago, or British scientists working with uh, the Large Colliders, or a British-funded research program working using the Large American Collider at Chicago, mm-hmm. have discovered uh, that these muons, which are heavy electrons, right. are wobbling, and they shouldn't be wobbling yeah. unless there's a fifth force of nature, um, which mm. means more new particles to be, be discovered. Biden. 
So we, we say that these things, these large object movements, these chairs that move or these tables that move or these knives that cross themselves with forks or pictures that fall off walls or turn themselves over, I've experienced it too, um, can't, can't do it. It must be another, you know, it must be a ghost. It must be. But it could just be an example of something yet that physics doesn't understand. I know that, like, you know, okay, if an object was moved random, I, I could totally understand that. There, there, you know, I mean, you and I both saw the original footage of that store up in uh, mm-hmm. uh, New Hampshire where that thing mm-hmm. just jumped off the thing. But, I mean, that was that was kind of cool. But, you know, it's not, like, totally unbelievable. But when you have items that, uh, massive items, that are moved uh-huh. in, in a specific way where there actually there is this not it's not chaos there's actually a plan in this movement uh you know well, like having the, the <laughs> uh, several of these blocks and and things crossed yeah. or having all the chairs turned around to a certain mm-hmm. location now you know these are a 360 degree turn on these chairs uh-huh. to do that and you know it, it that's the thing that's makes it difficult well, it, for me to I understand mean, it makes it very difficult for me to understand, but I'm not saying it's is... ghost, by the way. I just don't no, understand. But, there's, it. Yeah. but what you're describing, you said, isn't chaotic. It's there's, it isn't. there's a pattern to it. Yes. But would you describe a planet orbiting or a moon orbiting a planet as chaotic? Fair enough. Fair enough. I, because I understand that. There yeah. you have, you know, you have uh, planetary precession. It's so regular that you can set your clocks by it. In fact. Mm-hmm. Neutron stars are the very right. are the most accurate things timing devices in the universe that we currently know of. So these forces can do seemingly random and seemingly incredibly precise act- actions. Now, I can't see why a force of nature would want to cross some knives and forks in a restaurant or turn chairs around or or stack tables or. Yeah. Or, I mean, that that to me sounds, you know, I mean, you would say, well, only a human being would do that or, a, you know, a playful. That's, yeah, exactly. That's you know. the point it, it, it kind of makes. But, but then, you know, I'm just looking, as, as you're saying that, I'm just watching the cat and who's now decided to, to destroy. Now, <laughs> no, two minutes ago, I mean, you can hear the bell in the background. Right. Two minutes ago, the cat wasn't here, nor was a nor was a wicker basket on the floor. <laughs> While you were talking, a wicker basket and a cat reappeared and the cat started to destroy the wicker basket, which she carried yeah. in with a mouth. That's you know, now, you know, the point of making is... Because she knows you're doing the show and you can't chastise her. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the point of making is strange things can happen even, yeah. you know, people say, and... I, we did a case, the SPR did a case uh, quite recently, and they did mention it That's in the previous show, the break, by the way. Which, which was the missing soap uh, in a bathroom mm-hmm. uh, and how it, you know, how it was paranormal. And eventually the, the homeowner bought themselves one of these trail cams and set it up yeah. and recorded the culprit, which was a mouse. And the mouse apparently, <laughs> mice apparently like eating soap. Now, That's nice. <laughs> who knew? Right. Um, and for the longest time, you know, the soap would disappear or it would be moved around in the bathroom. Um, and you, this is what was perplexing because people. Because we are now up to the break. 
You're listening to Ghost Chronicles International with Steve Parsons and Ron Kolak right here on Tojanet and Pararex Radio. Brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 386 Merrimack Street in Methuen, Massachusetts, and the Galant and Messier Family Law Group, 15 High Street, North Andover, Massachusetts, and our good, good friends on Patreon, on Ghost Chronicles Radio and Patreon. We'll be right back after the following messages. Welcome to Tokenet, radio with a cutting edge. Do you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? Then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. Chronicles, the International Edition. And if I sound a little different tonight, it's because I'm not at the usual high-tech computer terminal with a proper microphone. Um, I'm downstairs with the demon from hell. Ah, there you go. Uh, anyway, uh, yes, you were saying, yeah, that, so uh, this, this gentleman, um, I think I, I completed it before the tunes, but this gentleman, for the longest time, could, was completely perplexed by the fact that the soap was moving around in the bathroom um, or mysteriously occasionally disappearing or being re- rearranged in the bathroom. Um, the culprit well, it was some unusual force of nature called a mouse. <laughs> so so when when you get things like um object you know i i totally understand that steve but we're talking massive argument. we're not talking about soap disappearing or keys no 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 i, I mean I, I, no, well, for instance that, if I'm... you go to, if you go to the the my website anyghostproject.com you look at some pictures you'll see uh, the when the restaurant you'll see these christmas presents stretch from wall to wall in midair and uh, that no mouse did that no so and i'm i'm, I'm, I'm I, I wouldn't for one minute suggest a mouse would do it. Yeah. Um, but we, I mean, there are innumerable. I was going to say leaving, leaving fakery out of this, just discussing it as, as, as an event. Well, what you have happen. to do, I mean, yeah. what you've got to eliminate is um, let's leave fakery out of it because that it's, it's quite funny actually, because hoaxing um, on that scale or hoaxing, when it is actually quite rare, um, you know, you get pranking, but you don't get hoaxing. Oh, okay. Um, 
So when you get these sort of um, chair stacking, now mm. they are incredibly rare. Um, we, you know, some, uh, you get individual instant instances with poltergeist cases um, right. and field ball, uh, you know, and, and, and others like Battersea. Um, but where you get sort of every, um, you know, we only encounter, we get lots of reports, but you only encounter verifiable instances of it, perhaps once or twice a year. Um, and in, I, I don't know of a single case where um, a cause was ever found. Um, you know, people, the skeptics would, would suggest that, oh, You've got people who are sleepwalking or people who are playing pranks. Right, right. But as yeah. I just said, prank, pranking and hoaxing are incredibly rare. Um, you do understand that's their solution to anything they can Of explain. course, of course, yeah. of course. It's fake. Uh, yeah. It's fake because if they run out of you know plausible explanations, mm. um, where, any, where, where any ordinary individual should stop and say, you know what, I can't explain this, um, you know, mm. Their mindset is such that they have to turn oh, it into. I know uh, everything. Well, it's basically their mindset. Yeah, uh, and it, therefore it must be hoaxed. And the right. the investigators are all foolish individuals who yeah. were yeah, yeah, who were vic- victims of the flim flam. Um, you know, I mean, you, you take. I mean, it's been done to death. But you take, but uh, and the Enfield poltergeist. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you actually had some of the more cynical investigators suggesting that the all of the activity. Uh, was perpetrated by the two young girls. Um, now, that that activity did include things like wrenching a 60-pound cast iron fire surround out Ouch. of a wall. <laughs> and, of course, bouncing, you know, around in their rooms and throwing hundreds of, of Lego brick toys around uh, at sufficient force to actually um, cut and injure. Um, because they got caught on one occasion quite late on um, where they did manipulate one object in the kitchen and got caught immediately doing it by, by several, by several uh, of the adults that were there. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, you know, you, all these people keep coming around to our house and we just want them to go away. So we thought if we give them something to see that, well, you know, they'd all be happy and disappear. Because they'd had months and months and months of every night of the week, groups of people turning up, gawping at them. You'd had, they'd had psychics and investigators and uh, yeah. uh, teams from you know, different newspapers and media companies. And they just wanted their lives back to normal. And they were being bullied at school, you know, and they were being called, oh, the ghost girl. And, um, you know, can you blame them? But, of course, yeah. that was reason enough for people like Nickel. And others, um, in fact, Joe Nickel himself has been one of the people that blamed um, the girls. Yeah. That, what do you got, a bell around her collar? No, it's the cat. Yeah, but yeah, the she's cat. Got, yeah, she's got a yeah. bell on her collar. Oh, jeez. It's, that, it's that, normal over here. Most of our yeah, cats wear bells. You know what? When uh, when I was growing up, we, we our cat used to have bells in their car. I got to tell you a funny story, actually, and, and I don't know if I told it before, but... Uh, yeah, uh, when I was younger, we we used to have a TV, one of those TVs with, with the remote, and uh, uh, we would be watching a, a, a show, 
And then all of a sudden the channel would change on us. And we're like, Oh, <laughs> what's this going on? You know? And, uh, we finally figured it out. It took us a while, but back then it wasn't infrared. It, it, they had, uh, I forget what the, what they call it. There was an knew. ultrasonic one, wasn't there? Yeah, that's the one. Exactly. So the cat would shake its head <laughs> and it, the pitch was just enough to change the freaking channel on it. But you know, it, it could have very easily said, Oh my God, that's a ghost. You know, we must have ghosts. The channel keeps changing. It was we, just annoying. <laughs> you, you just reminded me of, of quite a famous episode of most haunted, but, uh, one of the really? earlier series of most haunted, they were all in um, a hotel, um, inevitably. And the TV set kept turning itself on and off or changing the channel all by itself. Uh, and they were getting really spooked by this. Um, what was that? Spooked by everything. <laughs> well, they were paid to get spooked by everything. <laughs> but what was actually happening was the uh, IR lights on the camcorders, uh, the night vision camcorders, uh, every time they, they, they as they panned around the room and the light was bounce, the infrared light was bouncing all over the place. Yep. Um, the infrared receiver on the television set was seeing this flashing infrared light and going on off channel change on off trying yeah, to make yeah. sense of the flashy infrared on the <laughs> yeah i mean i i have that we have a electric fireplace uh with the remote on it and above it we have the the tv and uh uh when i have the fireplace on and and the remote um if i go to change the channel or i think it's change the channel or bring the volume i forget one or the other on the tv then it automatically <laughs> tr triggers the heat on the fireplace yeah yeah because you can have, you have, we, we, you can have just we have so light. many remote controls now um, yeah exactly that, and and it's funny because uh the tv one partially controls the apple box it also turns one of the um other appliances on and off and mm -hmm. you've got to be careful you know which way you're pointing them and which but um the um, can i ask I, you something steve well we're talking about remotes for what are we yeah, I know that you're, you're, and it might be the ultrasonic. I, I probably more than the infrared. Is it is it possible for like a vehicle going by to uh, uh, trigger trigger uh, like a change in that, like in a remote, um, a vehicle or or a uh, an airplane or something like that? Well, so well, 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 yes, and, and in fact, that was my going to be my next story. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> because, no, because this this was something that. Um, um, had been reported that lights were going on and off uh, mm -hmm. during an investigation, actually during an investigation that lights were flickering and that the ghost was playing with the tor the head torch, the flashlights mm -hmm. and the head torches that people head flashlights, you know, the head mounted ones that people were using. Mm -hmm. And this group had made a big, big deal about it. And, um, I'll come on to the car thing in a minute yeah. uh, because the two of them are linked. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. And um, they, they, they shot some video and um, they, they were like doing these communicative tests that they were doing and the lights indeed were going on and off and they were calling to their other groups and then the lights would go back on and then off. And <coughs> well, um, I have exactly the same model of head torch flashlight that they were using. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the discoveries I made um, was that every time I use my, um, uh, you have FRS, FRS radio. Right. We have, uh, it's over here, it's called PMR, but it's the same with it, exactly the same thing. Okay. Every time I use that, the light went on, on my head torch. <laughs> and also the light in every other head torch either went on or off. 
Um, <laughs> now, there's no radio cool. control. There's no radio control for these headsets. Right. Uh, you know, they're not controlled. They're just. But the the microchip inside them um, was you know responding to the radio signal now interestingly there have been a number of cases and one that i can recall personally uh where lights or equipment inside of a building um was randomly patterning so it would go on and off and on and off now when we did some measurements at two of the sites um where these phenomena were being reported what we found was spike radio spike uh, from nearby cellular phones, and in one instance, uh, one instance, what it was was um, passing railroad ra- railway um, traffic. Right. Um, so yeah, absolutely. If if you've got, um, I mean, look at a modern vehicle now. It is so packed with electronics and it communicates. Got, yes. It communicates. You know, it's it's constantly bouncing its its position to you know, you know sending. It. You've got all 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 um, public transport now. Pretty much has got Wi-Fi built on board with a mm-hmm. Wi-Fi transmitter. Aircraft likewise have got radars. They've got Wi-Fi. They have you know really quite powerful transmitters. And in, if it can set off something as simple as a flashlight, which doesn't have any radio receiver built into it at all, and then you look at the number of radio receivers and devices that are inside, you know, a home or a, or a workplace, right. um, the, occasionally they will all end up on the same frequency or sufficiently close to one another that one will trigger the actions of another. Now it might be that as the you know as the driver presses play on his remote control, that triggers the garage doors to open or changes the channel oh, somewhere yeah. else that's, or turns the lights on. The garage off. doors go open. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And um, I mean, we 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 used to um, have a well, uh, the neighbour. Um, they've changed their their model now. Um, the although the houses don't look directly into one another. Um, there have been occasions in the past when their remote would interfere with our equipment. Oh, geez. Um, it's because, you know, literally, as I sit here now, I can see five remote controls and not including the um, game controllers. Yeah. So seven infrared or radio-linked devices. Um, and then, you know, think the television the telephone in my hand, the games console, the television, Apple box, um, all of these things have got radio receivers built into them, but a flashlight hasn't. So you think, well, a flashlight can't do anything. You know, how can it receive radio? How can it be interfered with? And yet uh, I can, I can, I'll next time that you and I are on zoom or something, I'll show you. I'll put the headlights on. I'll, I'll press my, unfortunately we've got to get to the, uh, teller of curious tales. I've been uh, told by the producer that we're reaching the critical point here. So we do have to get to that. So, uh, you want to introduce it first? I I haven't heard it. (laughs) Okay. But rising from the dead. Yeah. Rising from the dead. Not, not one, uh, two episodes, one this week and one following. Ooh, so there you go. So without further ado, the teller of curious tales. Tonight, I, the teller of curious tales, open my book once again and bring you strange and unusual stories. True stories, stranger than any fiction ever written. Listen to the teller 
of Curious Tales. The Reverend Dr. Morgan Dix, Rector of Trinity Church, lived a quiet, well-regulated life for the New York of 1880 wasn't the noisy, hectic city it is today. So when one February morning, a clerical gentleman appeared at the door to conduct the Reverend Doctor's three little daughters to his exclusive boarding school, the minister of Trinity Church was a bit perturbed. First, because he hadn't asked the clerical person to call for his three little daughters, and second, because he had no daughters. Scarcely had he finished his explanation when there was another man at his door, but on some mission. All morning they came, each with a letter asking him to call. After he had disposed of the schoolmasters, salesmen and representatives of Bible societies, religious publishing houses and charitable organizations began arriving. Each claimed to have a letter from the doctor asking him to call and pick up an order or a contribution for his organization. And when these gentlemen weren't clamoring to see the now harassed minister, the postman was arriving with mail from the firms who hadn't sent their representatives. Next day, the profession of callers continued, supplemented by letters from bishops and high episcopal dignitaries Indignant letters, pitying letters, letters suggesting that the Reverend Dix consult a good physician. To the worthy Dr. Dix, it was all a deep mystery. Was it the work of an enemy or a practical joker? The person responsible was giving the tormented pass in a pretty bad time, and he was glad when, after a week, things returned to normal. But before the Reverend Dix could draw a real sigh of relief, the second horde descended upon him. This time, they were old clotheswomen, come to purchase the parson's wardrobe. Twenty-eight of them, with twelve children, arrived at the same time. Clamoring excitedly, they yelled and haggled and tried to bargain. They fought the poor parson, and they fought each other. They brawled, they flung stones, and even dragged the clock from a passerby when he refused to sell it. It was late in the afternoon before they were chased home by the police. Quiet reigned in the rectory, but only for a few hours. Then carriages began racing through the streets and pulling up in front of the parsonage. Before midnight, thirty of them had been there for all the leading doctors in the city had been notified that Dr. Dix had had an epileptic fit and was dying. One by one they left, indignant, disgruntled. Dr. Dix didn't sleep well that night, and next morning before the now almost hysterical minister could fortify himself with a cup of coffee, the doorbell commenced ringing again. This time, it was about a dozen shoemakers come to measure some little girls for new shoes. They were easily gotten rid of, and the rest of the day was quiet. But it was only a lull, 
because at seven o'clock two dozen prominent clergymen presented themselves. They had received invitations to dine with the Reverend Dix, to meet the bishops of York and Exeter. The rector of Trinity spent a horrible, sleepless night wondering what the new day would bring. But he hadn't long to wait, for almost with dawn it commenced again. This time, they were representatives of large department stores who had all received letters from Dr. Dix saying he had been insulted by them and was going to sue. After much apologizing, for no one knew what, they were taken care of and left. Then came light in the form of a letter. It read, These annoyances will all stop after you have paid me a thousand dollars. If this is satisfactory, put a personal in the New York Herald, saying, Gentleman T, all right. This was Reverend Dix's first clue to his tormentor. He went to the police immediately and they advised him to insert the advertisement. But on the day it appeared, there were six others exactly like it in the same paper. When the persecutions continued, the police made extraordinary efforts to capture the Parsons' tormentor. Almost every available man was put to watching mailboxes, post offices, in the hope that one of them would catch the perpetrator mailing his letters. They didn't. He eluded them completely. But they did pick up one clue. A letterhead with Trinity Parsonage, 27 West 25th Street, printed on it. But when the police couldn't locate the printer, this clue came to nothing. Several of these letterheads were found in a hotel room which had been occupied by a chap calling himself Edwards Eugene Fairfax Williamson. After much to think about, the police finally picked up this gentleman in Baltimore. He admitted being the Reverend Dix's molester, but he said he waged his campaign of malicious annoyance because he had been expelled from Trinity Church as a Sunday school teacher. The jury before which he was tried didn't believe his story, so they convicted him of attempted blackmail, and he died in prison. The gong strikes. My time is up. The teller of curious tales has closed his book. On my next visit, I'll bring you other stories, curious tales, strange beliefs. Until then, sleep tight. <laughs>
So, you know, take it for, for what it's worth, but it's, it's not so much what was going on, but what the, so anyways, uh, the, uh, we supposedly made contact with a, uh, a, a physicist. So, uh, this is, uh, this is some of the questions they were asking. Do you do science? <laughs> So uh, they're asking these questions, and, and I'm, I'm like, I can barely keep my, keep a straight face on this thing. And then finally, one of the ladies says, "You know, uh, can you, you know, you're a physicist. Uh, light the light on the table. Can you turn the switch on?" <laughs> All I can see was this physicist saying, "Can you turn a light switch on for us?" It's like. No, I don't. How do you do that? You know, <laughs> yeah, I was I was thinking when you said a physicist uh, came yeah. through, yeah. I thought I thought you, you had um, if it's like the red light sciences when I've been there, um, yeah. you had the perfect uh, way of or the perfect person there to verify stuff because Jim would have been there. Jim yeah. could have asked two or three simple questions that only a physicist would have been able to answer. Yeah, actually, I could have asked a few questions, and I was cracking me up. Though I, I had a hard time not laughing. Well, I, you know, I mean, I've encountered—I I mean, I've encountered um, real-world ghost hunting scientists, as you know. In fact, we've had yeah. one or two at Spirit Quest, and uh, um, you know, um, there was that there was that one who who informed us that it was important that you had to cut the holes in the in the plastic yeah. cover to let the electromagnetism out. Yeah, those, those um, are real scientists <laughs> doing science doing science do, i love that. doing doing scientists for a dollar doing science yeah yeah but why 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 do people uh when they attempt to communicate with spirits talk to them like they're six-year-old children because when it's it's quite oh, interesting I, I, that you I'll say that because, like yeah okay go no ahead. i think i think it shows the weakness of the individual uh person because they're not prepared because what happens is they go along to the sounds and they say, is there anybody there? And yes, there is. And that you, and I know you've seen it because I'm, I'm, I've lost, and I've lost count how many times I've seen it also. The mm -hmm. next thing is, is everybody goes, I can't think of anything to say. I can't think of anything. Well, anybody, anybody want to ask a question? Um, uh, did you die here? Um, uh, are you a man? Um, um, there's a whole uh, set of regular questions you have to ask. It's just normal. Yeah, but but when when confronted with the opportunity to ask the questions, right? Um, I know people don't saying. people don't prepare, and you no. get this. Uh, even even you know, uh, time served investigators, you will see what happens is uh, is there anybody there? Yeah, we've made contact. Right, okay. Um, do you have a name? Um, what was your occupation? Uh, did you die here? Um, yeah. Were you murdered? Um, do you, do you want us here? Mm. Do you need our help? Then they just run off the rails and can't think of anything. And then it gets banal. And then you get really like either long pauses, repeated questions, you know, the same question being asked by three or four different yeah. people in, in three or four different ways. Uh -huh. And then my favorite, what favorite one of all, do you know that you're dead? Yeah. <laughs> no, or, really? or, or my, my other favorite one is we mean you no harm. 
Hob, I'm dead. What can you do to me? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's Uh, all right. I mean, and and the third, the, the the final one that I've never been able to explain or understand is use our energy. Yeah, well, that's, that's, I mean, it's like, that's a, that's, see, that's, a, you I might can't. as well, you might as well say, I um, use the energy of the, uh, the appliance in the corner. I use the energy of, um, yeah, well, the, the, I, the understand, I understand the reason behind that one. Well, I don't because, because it, it's just, it's something, you know, it, it's, it's along the lines of, we mean you no harm. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's, They've heard it said on television, use our energy. They've heard their psychic Derek saying it on television, and they just repeat it, but uh, parrot fashion. They don't. And if you say to them, well, how are they going to use your energy? What are they going to do? They're going to insert something into your ear and suck your energy out. Are they going to stick something up your butt? No, those are aliens. You get them mixed up. Oh, well, there we are then. Yeah, we got to go anyways. That's the thing. But uh, that was a quick hour. I know it was, we, but uh, it was interesting. We covered some uh, good topics. I liked. Uh, I, I and we had a teller, and we've got another teller of curious tales next week. Not next week. The week after. The week after, because it's Marla next week, isn't it? Uh, not necessarily, but uh, anyways, yeah. we do have to go. Oh, I've, lost, I've lost track of the days. Yeah. So uh, stay tuned for Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. We'll be speaking with Mark Nesbitt from Gettysburg, and that's also will be a video broadcast as well. And there's the cuckoo clock telling me it's time to go. So uh, we thank you. You've been listening to Ghost Chronicles International. Steve Parsons, Ron Kolick, right here on Tujanet and Pararex Radio. Brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 386 Merrick Street in Methuen, Massachusetts. And the Gallant Messier Family Law Group, 15 High Street, not the end of Massachusetts. And our good friends on Patreon's Ghost Chronicles radio page. Join us there for special stuff. Goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us good luck.